1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Well, the month of November ain't there no more. Welcome to December, December 1st. We've got a great show lined up for you today, folks. We'll talk to Mike Haas' voice, of the New Orleans Saints, We'll get the breakdown on the game that's going to take place in the Caesars Superdome against the Detroit Lions on Sunday. Matt Dennis joins us at the top of that hour. We'll talk about ankle monitors and how they're proving to be a great tool in not only keeping track of released criminals, but also solving crimes. But there's some judges that are balking at the program, and we'll dig deep into that conversation. We're going to talk to Kelly Schwartz. She called the other day into the show, and uh, we weren't able to to get a chance to talk to her on air. She's a retired educator from Mississippi. You know that I have been talking about truancy and the downstream implications of the truancy problem that we have here in the state of Louisiana. By the way, the rate's 45 percent, one of the highest, second highest, I believe, in the country. And we'll talk about what a teacher's perspective is relative to that issue. It's a celebration in the Oaks. The Christmas lights are up. 135,000 visitors each year visit City Park to see the Christmas lights. And we'll talk to the City Park Conservancy Chief Operations Officer, Chris Maytree, about uh, this year's offerings, but we're going to start off with a a topic that's really, really interesting, and we've talked about this on the show a lot, about how the implementation of electric vehicles into the market was going to work, how it was going to go down, and whether or not all of the enormous that are being offered were really going to make sense, and whether or not it was going to impact the market in a strange way. Well, turns out it did. 4,000 auto dealers on Tuesday sent a letter to President Joe Biden explaining why his plans not working and they are unworkable and they're putting them at financial risk. And here to talk to us about is Diana furcht Roth, director of the Center for Energy, Climate and Environment, and the Herbert and Joyce Morgan fellow at the Heritage. Diana, welcome to the show.
3: It's great to be with you.
2: Dana, I'm sure a lot of folks like yourself uh, probably saw this coming.
3: Right. Well, the problem is that the president wants to get the share of new vehicles sold that are electric from 6 percent right now to 60 percent in 2030 and 66 percent in 2032. And Americans just don't want to buy as many electric vehicles as President Biden wants them to. There are some people who love their EVs. Usually there are people who can charge them at home in their garage and who don't have so far to go during the day, can bring them back and charge them. But there are other people who don't have homes with charging stations or who live in apartments. They find charging these vehicles very difficult. Uh, So that's why they're not selling in as much in, in as great a number as the president wants them to do. There's also the inconvenience of having to stop on a long road trip and charge them up for one or two hours. Imagine if you have a bunch of screaming kids in the back who just want to get to the destination. Uh, And then there's the climate. We don't have that in Louisiana, but in places like North Dakota, South Dakota, where it gets really cold all the time, uh, then the batteries lose 20 to 40 percent of their range in the cold, especially in the winter. And I was hearing on your weather forecast that it was getting cooler to 68 degrees, and I was wishing we had some of that weather up in D.C. (laughs) Yeah, I bet.
2: (laughs) I hear y'all are in for a rough weekend. One of the things, too, though, uh, you know, uh, obviously early onset, everybody knew something new, something novel, um, those that are – heavily invested into the ideology relative to green and what they refer to as early adopters, mostly a demographic of wealthy people. They were the ones that got into the market, bought the cars, everything was hunky-dory for a very short period of time because then it all began to slow down. But the interesting thing about, and I, and I want to get your feeling about this, when 4,000 dealers, right, send a letter, yeah. because of the way this supply chain works They're they're like the canary in the coal mine right they see the trends and what's gonna happen long before anybody else to include the manufacturers that's
3: exactly right I mean there's the uh, president who can say he wants to sell all these cars there's GM and Ford who are getting tax credits in order to produce them and yet when they send them over to the dealers to be sold to people like you and me they Find people like you and me are not buying them either because we yeah. can't afford them or we don't have a station in our house or because we don't want to stop for one or two hours on road trips. That there's uh, a lot of reasons, and plus, the biggest selling car in the United States is the Ford F 150 pickup truck. There are plenty around here, plenty in Louisiana, and uh, the Ford F 150 Lightning, which is the electric version, that costs $26,000 more and it doesn't tow. So what's the point of a pickup truck if it doesn't tow or it can't carry large loads? It can tow, but it loses a lot of range if it
2: tows. Yeah, and we're a boating community down here. We're towing everything. So it's just not going to go. Interestingly, and and I'm sure you saw this, the study from the University of California, Berkeley's Energy Institute at the uh, Haas Business School, The strong correlation between political ideology and U.S. electric vehicle adoption, Um, and it seems as though the vast majority of the sales, or a good percentage of the sales, I should say, went to those counties in this country uh, that their political ideology dictated where they were going to be relative to an automobile.
3: Yeah. Uh, California has a lot of these EBs. Uh, New York City, uh, places like that. Uh, they also tend to be very dense urban areas where you don't have to go a long distance and where it's easier to find a charging station. So
2: where do we see because, this uh, because, going?
3: Because the political uh, ideology tends to coincide with urban areas. So people in urban areas vote more Democrats. But also uh, you can see that EVs are more convenient in urban areas than in rural areas. There's shorter distances. There's more charging stations. You're more likely to have a charger close to your home.
2: So where do you see this going, 4,000 dealers writing a letter to the president? I know in in the state of Louisiana there's a Motor Vehicle Dealers Association, very politically active. Um, They uh, protect their industry. They feel very strongly about their industry. They take a lot of pride in their industry. Um, Does this move the president at all?
3: Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not privy to the president's deepest thoughts, but it should move the president. The danger is that even some products Americans like have been done away with, like incandescent light bulbs. Americans still wanted to buy those, but the government did away with that by regulation dishwashers that wash quickly uh, and use a lot of water. We can't buy those anymore. So, uh, And they're talking about doing away with natural gas stoves and making us cook on electric stoves. So we think the government can't take away a product that we love and we live on, like our car, that we need to go to work. But they've done it with other things, and we need to make absolutely sure it doesn't happen with our car. And it's, just not, it's not just a matter of not buying EVs, because what they're going to do is try pricing EVs lower and pricing SUVs and minivans and pickup trucks higher to make up for it. That's what they've done in Norway. In Norway, a Dodge Challenger costs around $140,000. They just so out they... the taxes on it. So we need to make president... sure that they don't do this and that
2: might take a change in administration. So that, that but so the pre- the option for the president then he offers more incentives. He's already
3: offering incentives, $7,500 per EV for a consumer, and then he's offering incentives for the manufacturers to make it. There's really something wrong with this picture. He's paying the producers to make the cars. He's paying the consumers to buy the cars. Uh, And all this money, by the way, uh, means that prices for pickup trucks and SUVs are higher because uh, companies still have to make the money somehow. So they're pricing the cars that people want to buy higher.
2: But it's obviously not working, right? I mean the dealers say they have a hundred and three days supply of EVs compared to fifty six days for all other cars. They're they're paying um yeah, it's not you know, working. the interest the interest yeah. plan, it, the yes, interest on that vehicles. And, and they're losing the money on it, almost every single EV they're selling, according yeah. according to the most recent reports.
3: But maybe they're banking on a bailout. Maybe they're expecting a bailout. They probably are expecting a bailout. Ford is losing sixty thousand dollars per e v itself all i 'm saying is uh, all i'm saying is that it's too much to hope that if Americans don't buy these, then President Biden is going to give up his idea. I think we need what to change it? I think that we need a I think we need a change in administration because the government has shown itself as perfectly capable of taking away goods that we like to buy, like the incandescent light bulbs and the dishwashers.
2: Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of interesting, you know, I mean, it, so in the interim, uh, we, we allow, I think, I forgot the number, I think it's over 60,000 dealerships across the country. Um, you know, when you say 4,000 dealers wrote a, a letter, but these dealers own multiple locations, so they're, it, it it uh, it represents a large portion of the dealerships in this country. Uh, they're all concerned about losing money. Uh, and even if EV sales were to go up, un- under the current construct, uh, was, I was listening to a dealer on, on a, a podcast the other day. He said there's not a single EV that he sells that they actually make money. And yeah. And and he's like, unless we're going to be in the incentive-enormous in business in perpetuity relative to EVs, this doesn't change. We we'll, we never yeah. make money. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I mean, it, it, it it's almost you say the bailout. It it's I'm kind of curious about that because I was kind of thinking the same thing. But how, how many years do you bail out? <laughs> Cause yeah. I mean, to, to me, according to me, it just according to them, yeah. this is this doesn't change. <laughs> yeah. You know?
3: It also doesn't change global emissions markedly, and it doesn't change the climate. Because even if all fossil fuels were wiped off the United States, it would only make a difference of two-tenths of one degree centigrade by the year 2100. So all these billions of dollars are being wasted. They're being used for nothing at all.
2: And, of course, the taxpayers – footing the bill right somebody's well, exactly. making money yeah. somewhere in this supply chain i, I don't exactly right. know who but someone yeah. is <laughs> and yeah. and and we're paying them off at the yeah. end of the day
3: yeah right so where right. did where, exactly
2: so bailout is where you see the most immediate uh place that this ends up in in the near future
3: well in the near future i'm by nature an optimist by nature uh uh, I always see the good side of things, and I see a Republican president being elected uh, in 2024, and that Republican president will put a pause on these rules, uh, get rid of them, uh, end the tax credits, the Inflation Reduction Act tax credits that go to all, all these EVs, or not spend the money, or, or spend it on another kind of clean energy like natural gas pipelines, which are also clean. So that's my
2: optimistic viewpoint. And, the, and to even bolster to that point, the auto manufacturers are starting to retreat on the amount of production of EVs, right? I think Ford announced uh, a retreat. I think Chevy announced, Chevrolet announced a retreat as well.
3: Yes. Ford announced last month that it was going to cut back by $15 billion because people were not buying enough EVs. They, they said the EV demand is evolving. What they meant is it's devolving. <laughs> it and I think GM, said, right uh, GM, GM announced it was putting a pause because they said the demand is dynamic. Well, what they really mean is the demand is static. <laughs> 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 they're trying you to put a good spin up. on this.
1: <laughs> no,
3: because, you see, they don't want to appear that they're anti-EV because they don't want to annoy their regulator.
2: Right. Exactly. They don't
3: want to annoy the transportation department or President Biden because they think there's going to be negative consequences for that. It's like we had some visiting uh, person from an oil company come and see us uh, here in D.C. He wanted to see what conservative think tanks thought, and he was talking about his company's transition to net zero. And I said, Ed, you don't really believe in the transition to net zero, do you? He said, well, no, but I can't say so outside these four walls or people will call for divestment of our stock. Right. <laughs> so no one really <laughs> believes this net zero is going to happen because even if, we were, even if we had almost all wind turbines and solar panels, just imagine that, all over the United States, you still need fossil fuels to make the wind turbines and to make the solar panels and to back up the wind turbines when the wind stops blowing. You cannot operate an economy solely on wind turbines and solar panels. So you're always going to need fossil fuels. And the more wind turbines you have, the more... Natural gas you need or some intermittent fuel to back up the wind farm because when the wind doesn't blow, you need another source of energy, and that source of energy is uh, uh, natural gas, coal, or oil. You can't do it with nuclear because you can't take a nuclear pipeline and turn it off when the wind starts blowing and turn it off and uh, you know, turn it on when the wind stops blowing.
2: Yeah. So you say you're the optimist. Okay, so I'm going to yeah. put you on the spot here, Ruth. I mean, Diana just for one second: Are we capable of having an open and honest conversation about these these topics politically any longer? I mean, I love well, the I guy that know. comes in I when know you, when you say you don't really believe this. He goes, "No, I don't," but I mean, they'll kill us, you know, if if, if I don't if I don't say the uh, sound bites that I'm required to say.
3: No, I, 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 uh, I don't believe we can have an open and honest conversation, but I do believe, I sincerely believe we have a silent majority who wants to vote the people out, who want to take away our cars. And by the way, who also want to take away our children and sterilize them and say it's fine to do transgender stuff without telling the parents in school. I think people yeah. are just sick of what's going on, and they want to vote one set of politicians out and another in, in the hope that the new ones will do a better job.
2: You know, you, this chameleon approach of trying to be all things to all people, it doesn't work in politics, does it? It, it always comes back to haunt you. You have to stand for something. Uh, you can't be a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and, and, and think that folks don't see through all of this. And
3: yeah, I and think, folks think, might not I, be willing to call them out on it, but folks might be willing to go to the voting booth and vote them out.
2: Sure. Absolutely. Uh, Diana Furchcott-Roth, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Interesting conversation. Um, it'll be interesting to see where this all ends up. I don't think it's going to be in a pretty place, but we shall see until the election. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Thanks for having me on. righty, folks, that's Diana Furchcott-Roth, Director of the Center for Energy, Climate, and Environment at the Herbert & Joyce Morgan Fellow at the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back
0: like me
1: in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what
2: They're lying about the number of sales because they're worried about the back-end operations, right? Repairs, parts, where, you know, a lot of auto dealers do make money there, right? But they're lying about the sales. These sales are reported all over the place. They have cars sitting all over um, lots, floor plans that they're having to finance these cars because when they get it from the manufacturer, they don't get it on the come. They pay. They pay the man right? And they're floating the interest rate on these floor plan financing plans on a lot of these cars. And even with the enormous, the tax credits and everything else, it's not generating the number of sales. 7% of new vehicle sales are electric vehicles at the present time. It's actually six point something, you round up seven, seven percent. Biden's goal is 60% of the market is gonna be EV cars in about six years mandated and in 2032 in eight years it will be 66 percent of the market they're realizing and the auto dealers are looking at it saying as I said they're like the canary in the coal mine they, they see the trends Faster than anybody else. Why? Because they're communicating with their consumers. They're listening. They're absorbing everything that everyone is saying about these cars. The guys that are walking in, the ladies that are walking in to buy an F 150 truck, when they say that, yeah, this is an electric truck, it doesn't have the tow capacity that the fossil fuel truck has. But You get to pay $26,000 more for that truck than the other one. You think there are a lot of people running over there to that Ford F-150, the top-selling automobile, or vehicle, I should say, in the country. Is that happening? No. And what they're realizing, because they're not making money on any of these cars, is that if this goes on for another two to three years, they're going to be upside down. Because the manufacturers are being forced and compelled to send this out there, um, even though they've made decisions that they're cutting back because they're realizing we're going to put our dealers out of business. And there will be no cash flow. And the first place that the dealers are going to look to to help them out is they're going to want to have some love shown to them by the manufacturers. And the manufacturers, in many cases, are losing money. So this vicious cycle that the President and the Democrats have decided to stick themselves in the middle of with your tax dollars is not working out very well. The vast majority of people are looking for a car in the twenty dollars to $35,000 range. Almost every study shows that. There aren't enough EVs, if there's one, available in that price range. So, there's no place for them to go. The early buyers were all folks of wealth, of means for the most part. And it was all directed to urban areas, predominantly blue states, blue cities, where they had the vast majority of the sales of electric vehicles. Why? It aligned with their political ideology. That's not a criticism it's a reality you see that happen a lot as it relates to certain types of products it's human nature you go where your comfort level is get a lot of text saying why 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 did y'all say that it's not a criticism anybody who wants to buy an electric vehicle go buy it no one really cares the problem is, it's just not enough people want to buy it. And it, this is a cycle that we're getting into that it's going to be dangerous. And a bailout, I don't know about you, but I'm not in favor of a bailout. Wasn't, wasn't in favor of, uh, with it before or anything else. Because why why do only certain industries get bailouts? Why not all? Why not the... Why not the um, small business owner? Is there a bailout for him or her? No, not ever. Not in favor of bailouts. Let's go to Troy. Troy, you're up. Welcome to the
4: show. Thanks, Phil. Um, is there any kind of research on the actual cost of producing these vehicles? Saying the F-150 Lightning costs $26,000 more? That's crazy, man. Nobody's going to pay that much more just to have an EV.
2: I have been told that the batteries in those vehicles alone are, depending on the type of battery and the number of batteries placed in the vehicle, could be anywhere between ten dollars to
4: $20,000. Yeah, I saw and, some stories about that. Some, and buy, and the a engines... And, getting them replaced. and Go the
2: combustible engine is less money than that.
4: Of course, yeah. I saw some stories of a person bought a used UV... And had to get the batteries place and they were facing a bill that, that amount you said earlier, 20 thousand. That's crazy, man. It's crazy. I don't know how people can look at this and say this is a good way to go, good route to take.
2: Well, the interesting thing about this conversation, Troy, is not that we're not going to end up with battery, you know, EV vehicle, electric vehicles. It's yes. just a question of how fast we get there and whether or not we allow mm-hmm. the capitalistic forces to align itself to the market and, and the demand right. of what the consumers want now, it seems as though this administration is all in on a number of things, and they feel it, it's almost as if they feel like they have a short period of time to do this. So we got to yes. do it. We got to do it quick, and we got to be as far-reaching as we possibly can be. Um, yes. And and I think that's what yeah. really the, the underlying message of these four thousand auto dealers when they said we got to put the brakes on this. We cannot. Yes, reach these targets on those dates and stay in business?
4: Yes. I think there's a market for it, you know, like in big cities sure. where we have a lot of charging stations stuff like um I did some landscape work in Houston. I just moved back to Louisiana, and we did some landscaping in these apartment complexes, uh, multi-million dollar carpet complexes with uh, three or four-story buildings, and all they had was maybe four or five charging ports. And I was telling my coworker, I'm like, who the hell is going to stay in there charge the car and come moving in the middle of the night because the next guy got to come in it, it doesn't seem logical you know not thinking it through
2: no absolutely i'm not
4: yeah. <laughs> know. no no know. Yeah, <laughs> Neither, neither am i no sir yeah i appreciate no, I mean, let me speak yeah
2: absolutely thank you troy let's go to tom tom you're up welcome to the show
5: tom
4: yes
2: yes turn your radio off if you don't mind and
5: Okay, okay, I'm ready for you. When you when yes, you sir. You're up. Go ahead. No, thank you. Um,
2: Tom, turn your radio easy. off.
5: Okay, these EV cars, from what I understand, the batteries on them only last maybe 10 years. And we're looking at ten to $20,000 to replace the batteries in these cars. So if, when that happens, what what is going to be the resale value on these things when they sit on a lot? when people are dumping them because they have to pay so much to go ahead and get the batteries replaced.
2: It's a good question. I mean, the, the, the well, I guess the theory is is that they, they believe that as the market grows um, um, and demand, you know, the, the principles of supply and demand go in, you know, that they're going to have more production of batteries, the batteries are going to become cheaper, the cars are going to become cheaper, and the cars are cheaper today than they were two years ago. So let's just be honest. They are cheaper. Now they're not appreciably cheaper, uh, and it's because there's just not um, this huge demand. But now that we have this oversupply, quite frankly, the best time to buy an EV car, if you have an interest in buying an EV car, is probably right now, because they have far too much product sitting on on their lots and no demand. But they it's still they're selling it at a loss, and that's the point of them writing to the president yeah yeah i'm going to be able to sell it i can sell all of these cars at a loss i can't make any money on these automobiles
5: yeah i I understand that and and, and that's a great point but i'm talking about i'm an individual i'm a buyer and i'm the kind of person that i keep a vehicle for for more than 10 years i mean i I, you know i don't buy them all the time and i keep them so what's going to be the, – the, knowing that in 10 years, I'm going to have to put out ten to $20,000 on this vehicle if I keep it. If I try to sell it, if I go in and try to trade it in, they're not going to give me anything on a resale value on it because they know that they that the dealership or someone's got to put ten dollars to $20,000 in to replace the batteries.
2: Absolutely. It's like trying to sell a car without an engine, right?
5: That's correct. You know, so you, you have – you have no resale value on these things when you go ahead and try to, if when you try to get rid of them.
2: Well, and and, and the, the the challenge there right now, um, Tom, as you well know, we we're not at that ten year anniversary date. Um, you know, as to what's going to happen with these automobiles when you have to start replacing the batteries. Are the batteries appreciably cheaper right now? Not really. Um, you know, we're totally reliant on China. Uh, we're not issuing new permits for these rare earth minerals in order to build these batteries. We have we have some places opening up, but they're going to be importing a whole lot of stuff from China. We've actually empowered China because of this uh, advancing this industry, and it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. I think we're trying to bite off more than we can chew at the present time, and that's what folks are worried about. Thank you so much for the call, Tom. Have a great weekend. We will be right back after the break. 504-260-1870 on the Oakwood Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. Well, in twenty thirty, if we hit Biden's goal of sixty percent of ve- new vehicle sales being electric, right? Uh, that's probably going to be ninety to ninety five percent on the west coast, ninety to ninety five percent in the Midwest, Mid East, and some out on the East Coast, but not in Southeast United States. Why? Because if we put uh, five hundred thousand automobiles on the road evacuating during a hurricane. Uh, that could possibly hit, and the cone extends from Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Florida. Anybody out there has got an answer to that? Like no one, right? So we're all going to hit the road, but I guess by that time we're going to have rail, and we can leave all of this home. We can just get on a train and go anywhere that we that we can go, because Joe is a big rail guy. So maybe we'll have the rail option available to us where we can move hundreds of thousands of people out of a geographic area uh, because of an impending Category 5 hurricane uh, that's coming into the Gulf of Mexico, and we're not going to have enough chargers, or by that time we'll have some extra, extra long extension cords. Let's go to Chris. Chris, you're up. Welcome to the show.
0: Hi, I was just listening to some of the arguments, and uh, what I think people should start talking to people who actually own EVs instead of just people who are afraid of them. Uh, you were talking about the hurricanes. When those cars sit idle because you're stuck in traffic, they're not burning gas. They're just sitting idle. They're not, you're barely using any energy at all. You're still going to be able to get 200 miles out of town before you have to charge, or 300 miles out of town.
2: It's so not, when, those so when all of these are cars... Really So when all of these cars get to an area that's 200 miles away, you believe that the existing vehicles that are in that area, plus the additional tens of thousands of cars that are coming in, that there's going to be the infrastructure to recharge all of these vehicles?
0: What I believe is they're going to be out of danger by then.
2: That's not the question. The question is they'll be out of danger, but they're also going to be out of
0: power
2: but they're also going to be out of power. No, they
0: will be lower on power. However, I mean, you guys, almost all your arguments, for instance, regarding the amount of sales, the, you know, not selling EVs, completely ignore Tesla, which is growing every year. They, they sell as many cars as they make because they do it competitively. Their, their Model Y is the best-selling car in the world. You know, you guys, you're talking about the current infrastructure of car sales.
2: But all of all of these all of these cars doesn't
0: work well because they didn't do a good job.
2: All of these EVs, all of these EVs account for just under seven percent of the total vehicle sales in the country, including Tesla. Okay.
0: That's true. No argument there. But the argument it kind of sounds like when they were trying to decide between AC and DC electricity everybody was trying Edison was trying to scare everybody away from AC it almost sounds like the same kind of primitive argument our infrastructure is changing our solar is changing our wind is changing it's growing with it
2: it's going well, to, there, as there are two, there are, are two farm, there are two wind up. farm there are two wind farm there are two wind farm projects two of the biggest on the east coast that have canceled so that argument's okay. not holding water. We're going in the opposite direction, and, in fact, most of the big green projects that have been financed by this administration are in trouble financially.
0: I'm not talking about they're, the government financing. I'm talking about industry making money. If you look at solar— This, is, gov- this is
2: government providing money to industry that's, that's building out green, and they're having problems— they're not able to deliver okay. on what everyone's anticipated anticipation and expectations are about the industry. Again, because the, it, the problem is thing. you take solar, you take wind, you have mm-hmm. transmission problems. Unless you're close to a corridor, it doesn't work very well. The loss is, is intense, and it costs more per kilowatt hour. To produce that power and deliver that power, than the manner in which we're doing it now, and it costs uh, a lot more than if we went nuclear. So the problem with and the I'm industry not, and
0: my argument is not against nuclear at all. I can't. Yeah, well, my argument is not. Against I understand. Nuclear. You're, I think you're it's one a of the term f- f- solution. Nuclear is good.
2: Yeah, you're you're one of the few though that advocate on on the electric side that. That's even willing to talk to about nuclear because most of the folks that I talk to, when they're in that, in that realm and in that corner, they don't want to talk about nuclear. They don't want to talk about any I don't alternative. There's a complete answer either, but I, no, there I is no complete answer. There's no silver bullet.
0: And changing to better, more efficient forms of power generation <laughs> are what we have to do and what we're going to do. Does it happen? that we do sixty percent in twenty thirty? I have no idea. Pushing people to get better. Forcing GM and Ford and Chrysler to do a better job than they've done is the only way to make them change because look at the results. They've done a crap job compared to their major competitor, Tesla, in the EV industry. They can't even compete because they haven't taken it seriously and done a good enough job. They, don't, they haven't gained the knowledge. They're, they're working on horses and buggies when they should be working on cars.
2: Well, the, test, the Tesla, Tesla cars did. are not appreciably cheaper than than these automobiles made by other manufacturers.
0: The the Model Three is thirty eight grand. Right. The Model I mean, Y is forty three for the base model. Look at any decent SUV, any moderate luxury SUV, and tell me are they're cheaper than forty three thousand bucks? No. That's why not.
2: it's the best selling car in the world. Right. I mean, it was also one of the, the you know, first to market as well. So, I mean, you know, there, there's the benefit but of that. There a, could only again. be there could only be one that's first to market. And obviously they've been there, uh, and so they, they are deriving the benefit of first to market. But when you look at the market as a whole, that is of no consequence. It's great for Tesla. Not yet. It, it,
0: Not yet. It's, Give it another five years. There's grow their sales are growing. 30 to 40% a year. Nobody else is doing that unless you go to That's not true. Kia does okay. The Koreans are doing okay and the Chinese are doing okay. The Chinese are doing great because they're embracing it and working towards it instead of fighting it. We're not. We're just fighting it. Coming up with reasons to fail. And that's not well, going to work in the long term. We've So you that you turnaround. believe
2: you believe that what they're saying. About sales, is, is that the consumer is not really interested in uh, buying an EV. I, I can only look at myself. I have no interest right now in buying an EV car. None, zero. That's
0: gonna. That's gonna. And that car, that car, that car could
2: be that car could be twenty grand, and it, I would have no interest in buying an EV vehicle. I, I'm I impatient by nature. TV I don't want. I don't want to wait. Using them, I want to. I want to turn a, a key. I want to go.
0: Already using them.
2: I understand, like but and I think I, I think there's a, a healthy portion of the market that has no interest in going EV, none. And I mean that's the thing that, that you're overlooking here, is that yeah I I know that you believe what you believe and that's fine. And I think we're going to ultimately all end up driving EVs at one point in time in history. I don't think it's going to be in 2030. I don't think it's going to be in 2040. It might be in 2050. But I can tell you that there are a lot of people like me, more than others, that have no interest in purchasing an EV car. None. End of the story. And I think that's why the overall numbers are what they are. Because there are a lot of others that don't want to either. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Folks, when we come back, we will visit with Chris Matry, City Park Conservancy Chief Operations Officer. It is Celebration in the Oaks, a month-long fundraiser that attracts over 135,000 visitors each year to City Park. And we'll also visit with Kelly Schwartz, a retired educator from Mississippi. We'll talk about the amount of illiteracy out there and the truancy. Problems as well. We'll be right back, folks. Stay with us. Right after the break, this is Newell on WWO.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news.